Thank you for joining us at the First Baptist Church of Coleraine, Massachusetts, as Pastor Jim Rennie continues to faithfully challenge and encourage us in the Word. And it is our prayer that this message will encourage the believer and bring the unbeliever closer to a saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, welcome to the First Baptist Church here in Coleraine, Massachusetts. Those of you listening, wherever you may be, and watching. Uh, we're going to continue uh, studying the book of First Peter, let Peter's first letter to the Christians in Turkey. Uh, we covered the first six verses. Now we'll go to verse 7 and go down to verse 12. These things have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold which perishes even though refined by fire may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and the circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you when they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven even angels long to look into these things. May God give us understanding this morning of his word. Amen. Let's have a quick word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we just pray. Thank you for those that are here, those that are listening, wherever you are. And uh, we just pray that the Holy Spirit will speak to us through this message for our benefit and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. The title of this message is Trials of Faith. Trials of Faith, because our faith will be tested. Uh, obviously, this letter we are studying was written by the Apostle Peter. And uh, there's a lot of information about him we can read about in the Bible. But there's also a lot of misinformation that has circulated for hundreds of years regarding the person of Peter. Uh, like one is uh, Peter standing at the pearly gates with the keys to the kingdom, deciding if he's gonna let you in or not when you die. Have you heard that one? And uh, purgatory, which is not biblical, that doesn't exist. I heard a, read a story about these two spinsters. You know what a spinster is, young people? A lady who's never been married. 
And they greet him by Peter at the pearly gates, and they wanted to get in, but he's got to, they've got to go through purgatory first. This is a joke, by the way. <laughs> Just to let you know. So there we are, greeted by Pete, sorry, St. Peter. And he tells them, he says, be careful when you get into purgatory because there's a lot of ducks in purgatory. And if you step on any of those ducks, it's going to affect you for the, for the rest of eternity. So be careful or you might be punished. He says, oh, okay. Because they really wanted to get out of purgatory as quickly as possible. And who wouldn't? So the spinsters go in and First one, immediately, steps on a duck. Peter said, I told you not to step on a duck. She steps on a duck. Then suddenly she was chained to the, most, the ugliest man she'd ever seen. Like the hunchback of Notre Dame, you know, with the hump and everything. Ugly. She's chained to him all the way through purgatory. So I shouldn't have stepped on that duck. So the other spinster, she was more careful. Uh, she's very careful because she didn't want to end up with the most ugliest guy who ever lived. And she never stepped on a duck. And then suddenly she gets chained to the most handsome man that she's ever seen in her entire life. She couldn't understand it. She never stepped on a duck. Then she said to Peter, she said, confused, she says, what did I do to deserve such a handsome man? Peter said, nothing. He stepped on the duck. <laughs> boom, boom. So what Peter waiting at the pearly gates with the keys to the kingdom, totally contradicts what the Bible teaches. Because if you want to go to heaven, but who doesn't? Nobody wants to die, but everyone wants to go to heaven. I should put that on my epitaph, you know. Who doesn't want to go to heaven? You don't go through Peter. You have to go through Jesus. Amen. <laughs> Not Peter, not any other way, but Jesus, who says, I am the way. No other way. The truth and the life, no one comes unto the Father but by me. I ended my last message by saying that our commitment to remain faithful to God, especially during Difficult times of suffering and trials proves the genuineness of our faith. And I know a lot of you have been through many trials and suffering in your life. But it proves the genuineness of our faith if we remain faithful. Amen? There's no question that God allows suffering. But remember, he's not the author of suffering. The devil is. And so many people, I've heard it, why did God allow this? And why did God allow that? Because man and women have got a free will. 
So many people blame God for the suffering in this world, but they never blame the devil who's responsible. The root cause of why sin came into this world that permeates in the nature of mankind from birth. So if you're going to blame anyone for suffering, don't blame God. Blame the devil who's responsible. Consequently, because of our sin nature that we're born with, we all suffer in one form or another, some more than others, but we all suffer. But the Christian, the trials that we go through is for our benefit, because Romans 8.28 says, all things work together for good to those that love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. So who, who's the ones that love God truly? Christians. Amen? But is there, is there any benefit of trials that come into our life? Yes, definitely. He says these trials have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes, even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine. Peter compares believers with the precious metal, gold, which has to be refined by being purified by intense heat. Now, sometimes God allows us to go through the fire in order to have our faith tested to prove it's authentic. But our commitment to remain faithful to Christ during times of suffering here on earth will also result in heavenly rewards, Peter says, and will result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus is revealed. So we're only here for a short time, but eternity is forever and ever and ever. Verse eight, Peter confirms our true faith in Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, and I've never seen him, have you? Even though you've not seen him, you love him. Even though you do not see him now, you believe in him. The vast majority of those believers that Peter were writing to in Turkey, they'd never seen Jesus with their own eyes, but they loved him because of their faith in him, having received him and been born again. We've never seen him, have we? But as Peter says, believing in Jesus and loving him without actually seeing him in the flesh proves our faith in him is truly genuine. You know, you've heard that saying, seeing is believing. Have you heard that one? Seeing is believing. Not always. We haven't seen Jesus, but we believe him. We believe in him, don't we? In Peter's case, he saw him. He was with him three and a half years. He knew Jesus personally. 
And he was there at the cross when he saw him crucified. And he was also there in the upper room with the other disciples, 11 of them. Well, Judas had already committed suicide and there was another one missing, Thomas. But Peter was there the first time Jesus appeared to them. When he rose again from the dead, he actually appeared to them in the upper room. He came through the wall in a resurrected body. But there was Thomas. He wasn't there. And the second time he was there, Jesus appeared to them. Then he believed. Seeing is believing for some people. And Jesus said to him, Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Are you blessed this morning? We've never seen Jesus, but we believe him, don't we? We believe in him. How about you that are listening, watching, wherever you are? Do you believe in Jesus, even though you've never seen him? Believe on the Lord Jesus and you shall be saved from sin, death, and hell. In the meantime, while we wait to enter our heavenly home, we're going to suffer all kinds of trials because we live in this mortal body. But we can experience for ourselves a joy only the Lord can give us, regardless of the circumstances. An inner joy, an inner peace because of God's grace due to the indwelling Holy Spirit obtained by believing faith in God's only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, who said, my peace I give you, not as the world gives. John 14, 27. Even though we've never seen Jesus, He's the one we believe in. We're part of the family of God. You're my brothers and sisters. Sometimes brothers and sisters fight, you know. They don't always get along, you know. It's just the nature of the beasts. But we have that thing in common. We love Jesus because he first loved us. Living by faith is not what we can see with our natural eyes, but who we love and believing by faith. He's the only one that can fill us with joy, regardless of the problems we may have in this world, which we will. Eight, nine, he says, and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Only God's joy is inexpressible. Only God's joy is glorious. And we can experience it until we breathe our last breath and enter into our heavenly home which is our goal. That's our goal. Heaven. 
Which road are you on? Are you on the road that leads to eternal life? The narrow road? Or are you on the broad road that leads to destruction? If you want to go to heaven, you've got to go through Jesus. You've got to receive him. Have you done that? Have you asked him? That's our goal. He says, for you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Now, we are blessed because we are saved. Concerning this salvation, said the prophets, the Old Testament prophets, who were inspired by the Holy Spirit to write down God's thoughts, not theirs, who spoke of the grace that was to, to come to you. They never experienced what we experienced. They didn't have the knowledge that we have regarding Jesus Christ. They foretold about him, but they never knew him personally like we can in this new covenant. What did these prophets do? It says, did Peter, they searched intently or diligently with the greatest of care, what were they trying to do? They were trying to find out the time and the circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings and the glories that would follow. So David, in Psalm 22, he talked about the crucifixion of Christ. Isaiah the prophet talked about the crucifixion of Christ but they didn't know him personally, and it never happened in their lifetime. We know it happened. We have more knowledge than they do because we've had the fulfillment of prophecies and there's more to come, yet to be fulfilled. Jesus came not only to save us from our sins, but to reveal who God is and also to fulfill the prophecies of the Old Testament. Jesus said, he's not come to do away with the law, to abolish the law, because the law is good, it's perfect. He came to fulfill the law. The law was all fulfilled in him. He's the only one that could keep it. No, no one who's ever been born on earth can keep God's commandments 100% of the time. But he did, because he was without that sin nature that we're born with. He wasn't born with the sin nature like we are. Jesus is the Messiah, the one who the prophets foretold, predicted, who would come to save people from their sins and death and hell. And let's think, uh, think about that, how fortunate that we are to be saved, living in these last times, these end times, that the prophets foretold. We're living in an age where we have a greater understanding of who the Messiah is, whom the prophets wrote about. We're blessed. We're more enlightened than they were. We're more enlightened today. We're more truly blessed 
more than the prophets ever were. Because we've seen the fulfillment of these prophecies that they looked into but never experienced. It was a future event. And many of those prophecies of old, prophecies of old, had been fulfilled in the life and the person of Jesus Christ. But the prophets never saw those come to fruition. They never saw those prophecies fulfilled. It would happen. Future events. Now, more often than not, those prophets were predicting events that would happen in the future. Not necessarily the things that were taking place during their lifetime. Occasionally, yes. They were trying to get Israel, the people of Israel, to follow God's commandments and walk the line and do the right thing. But we know that they didn't. And they suffered the consequences. They were taken into exile in Babylon. He said, not only the prophets, Peter says, we're better off than the angels. We're talking about the holy angels now. Because there was a third of them that followed Satan's rebellion and were thrown out. These are referred to as the demons and the evil spirits that still exist. But two-thirds of them remained in heaven. These are the holy angels. He said, we're better off than them. Peter also said, they're better off than the prophets because the angels, they don't have the benefits that we have. He said, even the angels long to look into these things. It's only human beings like us, that are privileged enough to have the opportunity to receive Jesus as our saviour. The angels can't be saved. No other species ever created, and every species is created by God, and none of them are able to be saved by faith in Christ except human beings. Not even the angels can be saved. So you see how blessed we are? See how privileged we are? <laughs> so let me conclude. Even though we, we're going to go through various trials in our life and troubles and suffering and pain, but as true believers in Jesus Christ, we don't have to suffer alone because we have hope. Outside of Christ, there is no hope. The unsaved are hopeless unless they receive Jesus. We will always have the help which unbelievers don't have, the help of the comforter the Holy Spirit. He said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I will send a comforter. See, he was going to leave his disciples. He says, I'm going to go, but I'm going to send you a comforter. And he's in us, and he's with us to give us inexpressible joy in the midst of all our problems. An inexpressible joy 
It's a supernatural gift from God that cannot be obtained anywhere else. You know, people go through all kinds of suffering. Says, you know, how come you, you, you have peace? Even though you're going through so much pain and suffering, how is it that you have peace? Well, you can say, because I know Jesus. I believe in Jesus. That's the reason. Inexpressible joy. Supernatural gift obtained because of our new birth in Christ. Now, knowing this, it should encourage us to live each day with hope. There's that song. Maybe I'll attempt to sing it one day. I wouldn't do a great job like Rallo used to. He's amazing. With hope in your heart. Walk on, walk on with hope in your heart and you'll never walk alone. Even when people leave us, we'll still have the indwelling Holy Spirit and comfort and optimism. Are you optimistic? We have a tremendous future ahead of us. Now, believing God is in control, who allows difficult circumstances to come into our lives to refine us, to make us more like his son, not to punish us, to test our faith, to see if it's truly genuine. Are we going to fall away when things get tough? There's a saying, when the things get tough, the tough get going. <laughs> We're not going to throw the towel in. We're going to keep on keeping on. We're going to keep on believing. And there's another song. The trials of our faith is something we would prefer to avoid. Yes, I don't like to suffer. Do you? I don't. I've suffered tremendous pain. It's a little <laughs> violin. I pluck the heartstrings. Bing, 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 bing. Tremendous physical pain. But there's other forms of suffering, you know that. Emotional. This is equally devastating, if not more so. None of us want to suffer. But while we're in this mortal flesh, we will, one form or another. But we prefer to avoid it. But even though we're going to go through testing times, remember, God will never leave us. He's always there to help us and will bring us safely by the hand into our heavenly home where there is no suffering any longer. Let me close by quoting the Apostle Paul, 2 Corinthians 13 through 18. Since you have the same 
spirit of faith. We also believe and therefore speak because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. All this is for your benefit because our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Because when we get to heaven, there'll be no recollection of what we've suffered down here. So what are we to do in the meantime? So we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Amen? Amen. Let's close in a word of prayer. Thank you, Father, so much for sending your beloved Son to pay the price that we could not pay. He fulfilled the law, the perfect sacrifice who was without sin, totally acceptable unto you. And because you're a pure eyes to look upon sin because your son became sin and all our sins were laid upon him on that cross. And let us remember when we're going through hard times, when we're suffering, when we lose loved ones, whatever we go through, whatever pain, let us remember your son and what he suffered on that cross who didn't deserve it. I'd like to address those of you that are haven't received Jesus as your personal saviour. Even though you've never seen Jesus, all you need to do is believe by faith in what he did for you on that cross. That he died, he shed his blood, that he was buried, he was put in a tomb, and then three days later, he rose again from the dead. He, he was alive. And he showed himself to many, many witnesses. And then 40 days later, he ascended into heaven. And that's where he is now. Jesus is alive. And if you want life, if you want eternal life, then all you need to do is believe that in your heart. Confess it with your mouth. And call upon the name of the Lord to save you. And if you say that prayer and mean it genuinely, then your life will never be the same. You'll pass from death unto life and you'll be assured of a home in heaven when you leave this world, which you surely will. 
Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And all of us have sinned. And we need a saviour. And there's only one. And his name is Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you and God bless you all and hope to see you soon. Thank you again for tuning in. You can find our podcasts on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you find podcasts. We'd love for you to join us at the First Baptist Church in Coleraine for Sunday morning worship at 11 a.m. We are located at 81 Foundry Village Road, Coleraine, Massachusetts. If you have any questions or inquiries, please feel free to call the church at 413-624-8886. Hope to see you soon. God bless.